Amen. Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. I said we're continuing on the Christmas thought. It's too, too wonderful to rush about too quickly. Amen. Amen. And so we're going to continue that today. pray you did have a wonderful day yesterday with family and everything like that. We want to keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen. And all that we do, always keeping our eyes upon the Lord. So I want you, if you would, to look at Luke chapter 2. Verse 25, and then we'll skip down a little bit. Luke 2.25. We're going to talk about this man today and his, and his seeking of God. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. With his keep reading. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Amen. What a, what a wonderful blessing. And we look back at it historically, but Simeon was there. He was there. He was. He's the man that's mentioned in the Bible that the Lord chose for this specific moment. He's going to go on a little bit later, and, and he's going to hold the baby up, baby Jesus, and prophesy about his life and, and what he's sent to do and who he was. But I want to focus on verse 25 where we began. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Amen. And so he's waiting for this consolation of Israel. That's a comfort. He's waiting for the comfort, the solace, or solace that the Lord would bring. Uh, the whole nation was promised a Messiah and a Savior, and the whole nation, the whole earth, needed a Messiah and a Savior. But everybody was not waiting for a Messiah and a Savior. It was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost. Amen. <clears throat> that Jesus was the Lord. He actually got to see the Lord and hold him and bless him and lift up the Lord and pray and, and pronounce his prophecy over his life. And it was what he longed for. Amen. There was a seeking in his heart. Jesus came for all, but all were not seeking after him. All who didn't have their hearts and minds set upon seeking the Lord. They knew the prophecies. They knew the scriptures. They knew a Messiah was going to come. At least they knew it in their minds. But I don't believe it was dear to their hearts. I don't believe it was fresh and new by faith in their hearts. But I want to speak about this. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Amen. The comfort of Israel. The, the coming Savior that would come. And, and God in every way, shape, and form is the comforter of our hearts and lives. Amen. He is the one who nothing else and no one else can bring comfort. God is able to touch our hearts and lives and our minds and give us peace and comfort us and let us know, be still and know that I'm God. He's able to comfort us when our world is torn apart, when things are wrecked, when we, su uh, when we, we suffer some uh, sudden tragedy or, or, or whatever it may be in our lives. And you say, how do I ever recover from this? Well, God, 
comes in instantly. Amen. He's able to comfort. God is our comfort and consolation. And this man was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Ghost, one of the names of the Holy Spirit, is the comforter. Jesus is that consolation. He was that consolation. He was. Personally, when he came to this earth, at his first coming and his birth, that first coming, he came to die for the sins of the world, to save the lost, and to bring a comfort and consolation to, to men who were bound in sin. That's a comfort he's going to bring you, man. There's not going to be any comfort or any peace apart from that. I don't care if you've got your finances straight, your education straight, and your, your job straight, your marriage, everything's just perfectly in order. I'd like to meet you if you've got all that in order like that. Uh, sometimes we wait. I know I used to, even as a believer, and I still have a tendency of, I can't really relax. I can't uh, settle down. I can't have any peace. I can't enjoy life till I got everything straight. It's a curse, okay? You don't want to be that way. It's good to work hard, but it's like you can't enjoy uh, some of the things. So I used to think uh, when I first committed my life to the Lord and I was about to graduate, I said, well, when I graduate, get a job. Then, you know, have that peace and things are going to settle in. And then when I have a wife, that's going to do it. When I, and it was always the next thing. You know, when I get a real house of my own, and when I get my house paid off, you know, always something else. And, and that, that's, that's a trap almost in our minds. I said, it's good to work hard. It's good to have goals. But in the meantime, most of life is spent waiting on the next thing to happen. It really is. And you're going to find that if you don't already know it, you're waiting on the next thing to happen. And you say, when that happens, then I'll be fulfilled. When that happens, I'll take a deep breath and, and think my life is, is the way it's supposed to be. Our life is what it's supposed to be now, you know, as far as in Christ. And, and he wants us to be satisfied in Him. He wants us to have our comfort and consolation in Him. There will always be another uh, promotion or job or something financial or something happening in your life, another goal. That's fine. But we need to learn to, to be consoled by the Lord, comforted, have peace in our hearts and minds now. And don't think, well, my kids are a little older, they sleep better at night. And there's always something, you know, but God wants us to have that, that peace now. He is that God of comfort. And without knowing Christ, men don't have that. They might have big bank accounts, they might have their life with seemingly in order right now, but without Christ, they don't have it. Jesus came to this earth in His first coming to be the propitiation, the sin atoning sacrifice or payment for the sins of the whole world, because men's hearts were filled with darkness and, and darkness and sin. And we need a Savior, amen? And He came for that person, for that person. He didn't merely come to stick a Band-Aid on our lives. And I think so much of, of the world, whether it's self-helps or motivational books, and even a lot of what's taking place in our churches is just a Band-Aid. It's just slap, slap a Band-Aid on your problem, make you laugh during the sermon and feel really good, or read a warm, fuzzy, fuzzy book, or give a quote that makes you feel all warm and fuzzy. There's no real heart change. And that little thing wears off very quickly. But God didn't come, and God didn't send His Son Jesus to do that. He came to save us. He came to reconcile sinful men unto God and to forgive us and to cleanse us that we might be part of His family. He is that promised one. He is that consolation Jesus himself was the fulfillment of all of the prophecies. He was 
and is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. That's what it says in Revelation. He's the lamb. It's interesting that that's the last book of the Bible. But he's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And he was sent. He was promised all along the way. Moses called him that prophet. The Lord says, I'm going to send that prophet. That prophet. And it's when John the Baptist came, the Pharisees went out and said, are you that prophet? They knew who they were talking about. He said, no, I'm not. He's coming after me. But, but Jesus was the righteous one, the root of David and Jesse. He was that prophet, prophet. And he, he brought healing in his wings. Amen. Healing in his wings. I just want to read this from Malachi. But unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. When Christ came, he brought healing. Amen. Not just physical healing. Healing from the biggest problem that mankind has. And that is our sin and our sin nature. He doesn't only forgive our sins. He gives us a new nature. And we're born again. We have the spirit of Christ. And we're created uh, a new creation in Christ Jesus. With the nature of Christ. When we're saved in his spirit. And nature is a sinless spirit in nature. But he came for that purpose. He came to bring <clears throat> true salvation. Not a slight healing. Like, you know, I forget what scripture in the Old Testament where the Lord says, you feel my people slightly. You know, you just brought a little uh, band-aid, a pat on the back, but that's Jesus is our comforter and consolation. It's deep and it's all the way through and it's complete. And he brings that healing in his wing to those that believe. Amen. To believing men that put their trust and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the, Paul says in Romans, whom God has set forth, forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. He's not only just, we can celebrate him for his holiness, and he's just and innocent, perfect, righteous, and pure, and sinless, and, and all of those things that he is, but he is not only that, he is the justifier them that believe in Jesus. What a blessing, amen. What a blessing to put our faith in the Lord and be justified. What does he do? What comfort does he bring? He brings comfort to our souls, amen. He brings us peace with God. I forgot who it was that uh, maybe Spurgeon that was witnessing to a friend of his on a deathbed and said, if you make peace with God. And the, the friend said, I didn't know that God and I ever had a quarrel. But we need to know that we've had a quarrel with God. We have a sin nature that separates us from God. The Bible says by nature, we were children of wrath. We were under the judgment of God. We were under condemnation. And justly so, because of our sin and offenses against God. But the Bible says in Romans 5, 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is a peace the world doesn't know. I've seen the bumper stickers like you have too, that God... You know, without justice, work work for justice, and you'll have peace. And I forgot how it's phrased exactly. No justice, no peace. And, I, and that's just, man can't produce justice. Man is not just. This one, this one calls just over here. This one calls unjust over here. We have to go to God. We have to find peace in our hearts through recon being reconciled to God. <clears throat> and then we're just, because he's the justifier. Amen. 
But the Lord is looking for men. The Lord is seeking men. He came to seek and save the lost. I know that you know these things. But men must respond. God takes the initiative. I don't put the... We talked about it last week. There's none on their own. There's none righteous. There's none that understands. There's none that seeks after God. That's in the Old Testament and again in the New Testament. But God is seeking men, and men must respond when the Lord touches their hearts and lives. Men must turn to the Lord. And so he's seeking the lost. He's seeking for men to come to him, and men must respond to the Lord by faith. I don't believe in the doctrine of Calvinism. Uh, God takes the initiative. He has to take the initiative. Okay, or men wouldn't seek after God. But I can tell you very clearly from the word of God, God is seeking after men. He's already taken initiative. He sent Jesus, okay? Jesus went seeking and saving the lost. We looked at it some, a little bit last week. It says the word of God is sounding out, okay? It's sounding out. It's sounding out. It means to be published. We have a conscience in our hearts that's created in the image of God. And we know the Bible tells us that God has revealed these things. Even His eternal power and Godhead is revealed to us from the creation and the things of nature. So um, God is the one that takes the initiative, but He has. So rest at ease. Well, I wonder if God doesn't reach out to these people or doesn't reach out to my brother. I wonder if God doesn't reach out to my neighbors, the people in Africa, or the people in the jungles of South America. He is. He's given them nature. He's given them a conscience. And, and if men will happily seek after him, he will be found in him. I promise you, don't ask me how. It's not for me to decide how God's going to do that. God will save them. God, how do I know that? Just if I just do the character of God, that he's a good God, he's a holy God, he's not willing that any perish, but all come to repentance, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Uh, his heart is for men to be saved. God, Jesus Christ coming in a manger 2,000 years ago and living the way he lived and dying at the hands of sinful men, that's proof enough of that, that he desires men to be saved. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn of me, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He says, you'll find rest for your souls. This is the comfort. This is the consolation. It's deep down. It's as deep as it needs to go to comfort our hearts and lives and, and bring us peace with God. And then everything else, we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He'll add all the other things unto us. He promises that. We've got to start there. We've got to start with Christ and in Christ. He brings peace and comfort and rest for our souls. He's not talking when he says, come unto me all you that labor and heavy laden. He's not talking about men that work hard or women that work hard or not get enough sleep and all oh, they're just worn out. We all know what that's like as well. He's talking about soul rest that he can give, a weariness of soul, either struggling to under the weight of sin. Sin is a weight, you know, it's not pleasant. People think there's just joy in sin. There's pleasure for a sin, the Bible says, but there's no real pleasure in sin. Amen? And there's a weight that comes with it. There's a guilt that comes with it. And there's a guilty conscience that comes with it. And there's uh, uh, the way of transgressions is hard, the Bible says. It's hard to live like a transgressor. It's hard to live and maybe we try to soothe our own consciences by making up by doing good works or trying to ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit or whatever it may be, there's a, but there's a rest that's missing 
the, the Lord says, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I'm going to give you rest. You're going to find rest, what? Not for, only for your bodies, I believe He gives that. You'll find rest for your souls. Amen. Oh, I need that. Amen. I need that. I need rest for my soul. We need rest for our soul. Those people you pass and I pass on the street every day, they need rest for their souls. But he desires to save. It's interesting and wonderful to me that this is his desire. You know, you can go out and do a good work, and I can go out and do a good work and help somebody. But this is the Lord's heart. This is his nature. He longs to save people. He suffered and died, and even on the cross, he forgive them as they mock him. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. He's wanting them to be forgiven. It's the Lord's heart to save. It's, he longs to bring rest to men's souls. He longs to reconcile men to God. He longs to forgive sins. He longs to help. Amen. The Bible says in the Old Testament, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of him whose heart is perfect towards him. He's longing to do good. He's longing, thou Lord art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. I just picture God just waiting. Oh, if they'll just turn to me, I'm going to forgive them. He's just about to burst. He wants to forgive men and reconcile men to God. We have to beg God to forgive us. We can turn to him by faith, by genuine faith, and put our trust in him. Amen. And be sincere about it. And turn to the Lord. But he's good and ready to forgive. And plenty is in mercy. And so he's longing to bring rest and comfort and consolation to the weary souls of men. So just know that about your God. Okay? He wants you to be comforted in your hearts and minds and have peace and to abide in that. He wants men that you come in contact with in this world to have that same peace and comfort as well through faith in Jesus. But the men and women, we must respond to his calling. Amen. We must respond to his drawing. I know I've been going to this passage a lot, but it just shows the heart of the Lord Jesus when he stood outside of Jerusalem and said, he, and a lot, it doesn't say in the scriptures that he wept, but it says, um, you can imagine that he was weeping. Okay, O oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto you, how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen gathers her chickens under her wing, and you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Okay, he's saying, uh, you can see the long you stand looking over the city. He's already ministered all through their streets and, and healed and preached and, and set on the bread of life and on the way, the truth, and the life and, and, and told them if any man, you know, believes in him, they're going to have eternal life and so forth. He's preached that, fulfilled all the prophecies and all the miracles and all the good works. And they, as a whole, rejected him. And said, crucify him instead. We don't want this man to rule over us. Give us Barabbas instead. And he's, I know that was still to come at this point, but he's hes weeping over Jerusalem. How often I would have. What would you do, Lord? Lord, I would have gathered you to myself. I would have brought you to me. That's what I want. You didn't want to. And so it's, it's, I don't believe in Calvinism at all. I believe he's the, he's the mighty one of Israel, and he comes to heal. And he came to Israel, for example, to heal their backslidings, to be their Savior, to save them, to forgive them, to be their God, and to be his people. 
They came from the Gentiles as well. And, and men reject. And we're to turn to the Lord, y'all. Even as, as believers, we need to turn to Christ. Stephen preached his one and only sermon, as I mentioned last week. He's stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. That's a rebuke because the Lord loved him and wanted him to save. He's not just only angry. He's angry, but he's also, his heart is for them to turn to him. We see it through Stephen, as even as they're stoning them, you know, he says, Lord, don't lay this charge to, to their account, basically. Don't lay this sin to their account while they're stoning him, because he's representing the Lord. And I would just say to us as a body and to you as a believer, don't resist the Holy Spirit. Don't resist. Don't be stiff-necked and rebellious. Even as a believer, don't be stiff-necked and rebellious when God is convicting you or God is drawing you to himself or God is saying, wake up in the mornings and come pray and seek me. And I say, I know, Lord, click, we go back to sleep and turn the one off. Don't resist the dealings of God in your life. Amen. Be thankful for that. Be thankful that he loves you. What is he doing? He's drawing you to himself. He wants to bring comfort. Well, I'm already saved. Well, he's still drawing you to himself. He wants to bring comfort and consolation to your heart, to a greater degree, to an increase of Christ and the Spirit of the Lord in us. But there was a difference in Simeon than the rest of the people, okay? Simeon, the Bible says, was just and devout and waiting for the consolation of Israel. Cons waiting here means endurance, to wait with confidence, to wait, uh, to look for, to wait for, to take, okay? And it has that idea of, of of faith to me is waiting, but it's waiting with faith. It's waiting with a, an absolute assuredness that this is going to happen. You know, you, you might wait for something, you, you hope it happens, you think it might happen, and it doesn't happen. But when God has promised us in His Word, He knew that the consolation of Israel was coming. I believe He knew it was coming very soon, or He was coming very soon. Amen. And it was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost. He's come. Go to the temple and there you're going to find him. Amen. But he was waiting with an assurance and a confidence. It means to look for it, to wait for it, to take. Amen. And so uh, the Lord makes that, puts that confidence in our hearts. And the rest of Israel, as I said, they had the same promise of the same Messiah, their Messiah. And yet they weren't looking for and waiting for him. Romans 8.25 says, But if we hope for that which we see not, this is faith, right? Substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. That's how we're to wait for the things of God. That's how we're to wait for the things of God. We get our confidence from the Lord, from His Word, and we believe. Jesus said, Oh, uh, fools and slow of heart to believe everything the prophets have said. We're to believe all of it. Amen. We're to believe what he spoke to us through his word and the Holy Ghost makes it real to us and he gives us the faith to believe and as we're waiting for the next thing for the rapture, whatever God has for us next, we we're waiting for that and we're waiting with a great confidence. Amen. And assurance from the Lord. But this man, Simeon, was waiting and he was longing. And then a few scriptures later, if you're still in Luke chapter 2, we see there was another person very similar. There was a woman named Anna, the prophetess. Amen. 
And Anna the prophetess There was a prop one verse 39 Anna the prophetess the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher she was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity and she was a widow of about four score and four years which departed not from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day there's something in these two people we, we remember their names and they're recorded in the word of God there's a lot of people living in Israel a lot of people living in Jerusalem a lot of people to whom the Messiah was promised the Jews should have been the first ones to be looking for and receiving him when he came but this woman was longing for amen she was longing for and she knew that the comforter was coming the, uh, the consolation of Israel was coming as well. And she got to go in and see the child. Amen. And, and, and it was just, it's those that are seeking the Lord. Y'all. It's those that are turned to him. And if a man will look to the Lord and look for the Lord, God is going to bring all that is needed in that life. If a man will just turn to the Lord, he'll bring every single thing that's needed. And that's one thing that, I mean, I would say when I was lost, I didn't, of course, I didn't know that when I was lost. Amen. I'm sure people witnessing to me and talking to me. And I was like, oh, you're talking to me about Jesus or whatever, but that's great. That's wonderful. But I need this. I need to pass calculus right now. You know, there was always something more temporal. But, but if we will turn to the Lord, he's going to bring everything that's needed into that life. Everything. Everything that's blessed, everything that's good, he's going to bring rest to that weary soul. And he's going to bring all that's needed, all the blessings of God. Amen. He's going to bring it all to us. And uh, uh, it's going to come again to those that seek the Lord, those that are seeking the Lord and waiting upon the Lord. And I just want to encourage you to do that. Men that will humble themselves, men that will call upon the Lord. Again, it's not that God is asking you to take the initiative or that you on your own are to be perfect, but we can respond to the calling of God. He's already calling. Not waiting on God to call us. He's already called us. If you're saved and not walking very closely to the Lord, you're walking in a carnal state or, or however you are right now, He's already calling you. He's calling you. Come unto me. He's calling you. Come to the altar. He's calling you. Let's walk closely with me. Take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. Come after me. And he's already calling men everywhere. Men are to repent. Men are to come to the Lord. Repentance is just a turning. There's two directions of turning. We turn from our sin and our own living for ourselves, and we turn to God. Both are necessary. Some people turn from the world, and they go live as a hermit, but they never turn to God. Some people turn to the Lord. They want what Jesus has, but they don't leave the world. God wants us to turn from our sin and turn to God and we turn our lives to the Lord. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Malachi. I'll give you a second to find it there. Right after Zechariah, it's the last book in the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. Malachi 3, 1. Behold, I send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, before me and the Lord whom you see, shall suddenly come to his temple. Now the one, the messenger that sent, I believe it's John the Baptist, okay? 
and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek, the Lord whom you seek, he came for everybody when he came the first time, but everybody wasn't seeking him. Everybody didn't benefit from Christ's first coming. Everybody wasn't reconciled to God. Everybody didn't receive the gift of eternal life. Everybody wasn't justified freely by his grace. Okay? The Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. It's the Lord who you seek. We need to seek the Lord. Amen. He's coming regardless, but is he coming to your life? Is he coming to help you? Are you going to be blessed by it? Are you going to be comforted? Are you going to see rest for your weary soul? Is the lost person that you know going to be saved? He's coming for them. He came for them. Are they going to turn to him? Are we going to turn to him? Amen. So we return, we receive from the Lord by faith the blessings of God. And, and all of that comes through Christ Jesus. You want, the, you want what comes from, from the Lord? So I want all that you have, but it all comes through Jesus. It all comes through Jesus. Him the Father shall send in my name. Even speaking of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But all the benefits come to us through being in Christ. Amen. And of, of His fullness have all we received. And grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, if God spared not his own son, but offered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? It all comes in Christ and through Christ. Amen. In Christ and through Christ. We don't have to look anywhere else. Philip that found Nathaniel and said, we found him. We found the, the Savior. We've sent, we found uh, him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. We don't have to go look anywhere else. He's here. We found him. People are searching. Me and, our, and Peter were talking to uh, a couple on our street just yesterday evening, and it's, it's as they came out of one thing that was not of God, and, and it's like they're searching. They're still searching. They haven't found uh, they haven't found the truth in Jesus yet, but they, they think they have. They're seekers. They, they seem to be of truth and spiritual, but they're ignoring what's right in front of them, the truth of God's Word and the truth of Jesus Christ. They came to Him. But Paul said, if there's any consolation in Christ, that's why he starts Philippians 2.1. There is. There is consolation in Christ. I'm going to bring this to a close. He, he is the, the source and the fountainhead of that comfort for men's souls. And we don't have to look anywhere else. He came 2,000 years ago, amen. He, he is the provider. But I would just ask this question. I'm asking it to myself. I'm asking it to you, uh, my brothers and sisters in the Lord. Do I long for the Lord Jesus like Simeon did? Do you long for that comforter, that consolation, like Simeon, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him, amen? And he had this longing. And the Holy Ghost said, you're not going to see death before you've seen the Lord's Christ. What does that tell me? Tell me one many place in the Bible that the Lord is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I'm just, this is the one thought, I guess, if I'm going to leave you with this morning, is that there, be, that there would be in us that holy longing like a Simeon. There's some reason we're still talking about Simeon and Anna and not 
the other people that were passing by on the streets that day. Mary and Joseph brought the baby Jesus, the Savior of the world. The consolation of Israel. Mary and Joseph brought that child at that moment, brought the Savior, and Simeon was waiting, and Adam was waiting. But God wants us to be seeking for him in that way and to long for him in such a way. And I'll be honest, I don't always. If we we're all honest, we would say I don't always long for the Lord like that. But I want to say that there's hope for that too. God can help us. If we'll turn to the Lord and say, Lord, increase my longing for you. I pray it all the time. Lord, I, I read it. As the heart panted after the water brook, so panted my soul after thee, O God. As, you know, as a hunger and thirst for you as in a, as in a weary land. My, my soul does. My heart does. And I'll read that from David. When shall I come and appear before the Lord? How long, Lord? And I say, God, why is it that I'm so far from that? But then I'll ask him to do that. Lord, give me such a heart like that. It's not a superman. David wasn't a superman. And certainly Simeon and Anna were not supermen and women. But they had that longing. And God can do that in our hearts and lives. We need that. He'll fill. He'll satisfy. He'll fulfill those longings. But I need to have the longings for him to fulfill. Amen. For the Lord to fulfill. And so, uh, do I long for him? This woman departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Amen? Amen. Night and day. And so, God's going to comfort us when we come to him and when we seek for him in that way. The Bible says that, uh, that he came the first time. So Christ was once offered. That's Christmas, what we're talking about, his first coming. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, but unto him that looked for him shall he appear uh, the second time without sin unto salvation. And so he, who's he going to appear for? He's coming, the rapture. Nothing's going to stop the rapture from coming when the Lord says it's time. The Father says, go get your bride. He's going to come get his bride. But he says, there's some reason he says, unto him that look for him, shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Hebrews, we're to be looking for the Lord, y'all. We're to be looking for the Lord. And so uh, I want to close with this scripture. I don't know if you're still in Malachi, but I want you to look at Malachi chapter 4. Verse 2. Malachi 4, verse 2. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves in the stalls. And in Micah 3 1, it says he's going to appear suddenly. The Lord, Lord whom you seek. God wants us to seek after him. Amen. The Lord whom you seek is going to appear suddenly. And, and God would have us to be seekers of him. And he wants us to seek him like Simeon and Anna and have a longing for him. Amen. And so that's what uh, God would say to us this morning. And he wants to bring that comfort to our hearts and lives. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which have loved us and have given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work and word. Amen. The Lord is able to establish us like that. He brings that consolation 
and comfort. Let's stand this morning. And I just pray you take uh, some time here this morning to, to get at the altar. Chris is going to lead us in a song at our altar. And we're going to worship the Lord. But y'all, I'm so thankful that, number one, that God does bring that comfort and consolation to our hearts and to our souls. But also that He can increase that longing for Him. They give us a holy hunger for the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that is so needed. I know it is among the people of God. And, and the Lord is here with us this morning to meet with us in that way and to impart that to us. So, Father, we just come before you in Jesus' name. And, God, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would give us a, a longing like Anna, serving the Lord with fasting and prayers day and night, not departing from the temple, like Simeon. Lord, that, that revelation by the Holy Ghost of Jesus coming, to some people that wouldn't even have been a blessing, but he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That's what Simeon longed for. He longed for Jesus, and he longed for all the blessings of God, and the healing, and the salvation, and the restoration for him and for his people. And then Christ came, and Lord, give us a holy longing for you, and then satisfy us, Lord, with yourself, as only you can, God, in Jesus' name.